0: al Bayan Radio presents the following lesson from Masjid Al-Azhar, Bilmo. Presented by Sheikh Muhammad Du'ar. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillah. Wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man ihtada bi Amma ba'ad. My dearly respected brothers and sisters, we continue tonight with the explanation of the poem Al-Ha'iyya. For the great Imam Abu Bakr ibn Abi Dawood al-Sijistani rahimahullah And we are towards the end of the book Walillahi al-hamd And the ending of the poem is regarding uh, The respect and the honor that the Muslim must have towards the scholars of Hadith Or what is known as Ahlul Hadith And the Imam rahimahullah he speaks about Ahlul Hadith And he praises them as they are deserving of being praised And the Shaykh in the explanation he says It is obligatory upon you to respect the people of Hadith They are the people of narration The people of the chain The ones who study the Hadith of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi And are able to differentiate between the Sahih, and the Hassan, and the Da'if, and the mawdu' the fabricated Hadiths. The scholars that commit to that, they are known as the people of Hadith, or Ahlul Hadith. He says, they are the ones who gave great concern to the Sunnah of Rasulullah ﷺ and safeguarded it. The scholars of hadith, my brothers and sisters, they are considered to be the defense of the deen. Without a doubt. They are the defenders of the sunnah. Because they filter the sunnah of Rasulullah from all the lies and the bidah and the fabrications and the weak from the authentic and so forth. And subhanAllah... The great Imam al-Bukhari rahimahullah, which no doubt is one of the greatest ulama of hadith, he was actually labeled Amirul Mu'mineen fil Hadith, the leader of the believers in hadith. That was the title given to Imam al-Bukhari. Imam al-Bukhari rahimahullah, when he speaks about the reason why he compiled his Sahih, Sahih al-Bukhari, he said one of the reasons was because he saw a dream. He saw a dream that he was with Rasulullah sallallahu and he was fanning the flies away from the Prophet sallallahu there was flies surrounding the Prophet sallallahu and Imam Al-Bukhari had a fan and he was fanning the flies away from the Prophet sallallahu so when he asked the ulama of tafsir about that dream they told him this is an indication that you will protect his sunnah and no doubt this was Imam al-Bukhari's intention and that's why he compiled his sahih in order to preserve and protect the authentic sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wa So the scholars of hadith, my brothers and sisters, there is no doubt that they are from the greatest of the ulama and the most knowledgeable of the ulama. From the past and the present, the scholars of hadith are always considered to be the strongest of the ulama. He says they removed from the Sunnah all types of lies and fabrications attributed to the Prophet. ﷺ. They dedicated themselves to the to the Prophet's narrations. And the scholars of hadith are two types. There's two types of scholars of hadith. The first are the people who were only concerned with the narration. There were scholars, their only aim and objective was to know the sahih from the daif. from the weak, from the fabricated, and so forth. So they only focused on the chain. And these scholars done a huge job for the ummah, where they were able to deliver to us the authentic from the non-authentic. They only focused on the chain of narration by learning the men, studying the men in the chains, who's authentic, who's not, who's trustworthy, who's a liar, who's an innovator, who had a bad memory, and so forth. The second type of scholars of hadith are the ones who researched the narration along with the understanding of the text. So they focused on the narration and they also focused on the fiqh in the hadith. Okay, that's the second category of the scholars of hadith. So the first type are the memorizers those who preserved the chains of narration with precision and they distinguished the narrators and explained their condition and they gave attention to the text of the narration preserving and conveying it with the exact wording the scholars of hadith they do not muck around and that's why the sunnah was passed down in the exact wording and the scholars of hadith were the most God, they are the most God fearing of people. If they doubt their memory in a hadith, they will mention it. If they forgot something in the hadith, I forgot such and such. Like the narrator of the the 10 affairs that are from the fitrah of Islam. And Nabi said 10 things are from the fitrah clipping the mustache, shaving the pubic hair. Uh, the underarm, hair, circumcision uh, and so forth And then the narrator said And I can't remember the tenth That's to show you their trustworthiness They will never speak unless they were certain And that gives us a lesson That we do not speak with our ilm Because they are conveying the words of Rasulullah So it is impossible That they will ever speak something out of doubt if they doubted something, they would actually mention it to you in the hadith That we can't remember Or I think he said this or it might have been that And that's the amana, The trustworthiness of the people of hadith Why is it important for the scholars of hadith and for you and I That when we speak about Rasulullah We speak with exact wording because the Prophet Sallallahu Made a dua for this person In the hadith he said May Allah brighten the face May Allah put nur In the face Of the one Who heard a hadith from us Memorized it Then conveys it As he heard it Look at that May Allah Brighten the face of who Someone who hears a hadith And then Memorizes it And then Conveys it as he heard it That shows you the importance of memorization And the scholars of hadith Without a doubt Especially in the time of the salaf They had photographic memories Photographic memories Imam al-Bukhari and Imam Ahmad They memorized alf alf hadith Which is one million Of memory From authentic to weak to fabricated because it was all part of their knowledge, that the scholars of Hadith are unmatched when it comes to the work that was done to preserve the Sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu So their job is to protect the Sunnah and to filter it from anything that is not from it. And the Sheikh mentions. A hadith where the Prophet ﷺ said the example of guidance and knowledge with which Allah Azzawajal has sent me is like abundant rain falling on earth, some of which was fertile soil that absorbed rainwater and brought forth vegetation and grass in abundance, and another portion of it was hard and held the rain water, and Allah benefited the people with it and they utilized it for drinking making their animals drink from it and for irrigation of the land, for cultivation. He then said, and a portion of it was barren, which could neither hold the water nor bring forth vegetation. He said, the first is the example of the person who understands, comprehends Allah's religion and gets benefit from the knowledge which Allah has revealed through me. He said, the last example is that of a person who does not care if it does not take Allah's guidance Revealed through me, he's like the barren land So some people, they absorb the knowledge and then they gift it Just like the land that absorbs water, then it gives vegetables and vegetation Yeah, it's taken the benefit And then it's given benefit. And the munafiq is the one that does not take the benefit like the barren land. He doesn't hold the water, nor does he give anything in return. Look at this example that the Prophet ﷺ has given. And the people of Hadith, my brothers and sisters, they are the most virtuous of this ummah. The most pious of this ummah. Ever since... The past, because the scholars of Hadith, when you study the Salaf al-Salih, and when you study our big Imams of the Salaf, the majority of them were Muḥaddithin. The majority of them were scholars of Hadith, like Imam al-Bukhari, an Imam Muslim, an Imam al-Tirmidhi, Abu Dawood, Nasai ibn Majah, Imam Ahmad. Imam Malik, Imam Shafi'i, Malik, Ahmad, and Shafi were Muhaddithin before they were Fuqaha. Even though they have Madahib in Fiqh, but they all compiled books in Hadith. They were Muhaddithin. For the great scholars of this Ummah, my brothers and sisters, Hassan al Basri, the Sufians, Sufyan al-Thawri Ibn Uyayna Ibn al-Mubarak And the list goes on Ishaq ibn Rahaway They were all a imma of hadith And that's what made them so great Imam Ahmad He was quoted to say If the people of hadith If Ahlul Hadith Are not the saved sect which is mentioned in the hadith, he said, then I do not know who they are. So the saved sect, which Allah saves on the Day of Judgment, Imam Ahmad said, they are Ahlul Hadith. But that's not limited just to the scholars of hadith. It's limited to everyone that honors and practices the hadith of Rasulullah You are from the people of hadith. You are inshallah from the people of the sunnah. If you glorify the Sunnah and act upon the Sunnah and practice the Sunnah and learn the Sunnah, then you are also from the people of the Sunnah. Imam Ahmad said, if it's not Ahlul Hadith, the saved sect, then I don't know who the saved sect is. But what an honor for you as a Muslim to attribute yourself to the Hadith of Rasulullah and to the Sunnah of the Prophet. sallallahu The Sheikh says the people of Hadith are the saved sect. Likewise, whoever follows them and embarks upon their methodology, he is joined with them. Now, Then the Imam, rahimahullah, ends his book, the poem, with the last line of poetry. He, th- he says, إِذَا الدَّهْرَ يَا هَذِهِ فَأَنْتَ عَلَىٰ Tabitu تَبِيتُ He ends the poem with an advice. He says, if you keep the belief contained within this poem all your life, look what the Imam is saying. If you keep the Aqeedah that's in this book for your entire life, then, oh my Sah, and we'll explain what that means. He says, oh my Sah, you will be upon goodness When you rest in the evening and when you awaken in the morning. If you keep this Aqidah that I just mentioned in the book that I wrote in this book, the the Imam is saying, then you will be able to rest comfortably in the evening and in the morning. This is how he ended the book, Rahimahullah. So when he says, if you keep the belief contained within this poem all your life, This is the conclusion in which the author says, if you believe in that which is found in this poem your entire life or at the end of your life, you will be upon good in this life as well in the next. As for believing in it at one point in your life and then afterwards abandoning and neglecting this belief this will be of no benefit to you. If someone has this aqidah, then leaves it It's no benefit. If someone does not have the aqidah then finds it, no doubt he benefits. Oh my sah. He said this word, oh my sah. The sheikh says it's possible that the origin of this word is ya sahibi. Ya sahibi means my companion. He's addressing us as his companion. If you stick to this aqidah, oh my companion. And in the Arabic language, especially in poetry, it's permissible to sometimes cut out the ending of a word if its meaning is known. They, they do that a lot, especially in poetry. So rather than saying, ya sahibi, He would say, ya sah, Because it, what he's indicating to is understood. And that's just like يعني, shortening a word. And there's no harm in doing that. It's like, it's even in the English language people do it. Brother, bro. Sister, sis. Because it's understood. Yeah? So even in the Arabic language, this is known. So he says, you'll be upon goodness when you rest in the evening and when you awaken in the morning. So the Sheikh says, in conclusion, O gentle reader, If you act upon what the author mentioned in this poem and you truly believe in what it contains of sound belief, then you are upon the authentic seriousness and are treading the correct path. As for whoever goes against that which is contained in this poem, he is from among those who have opposed based on the extent of his opposition to the truth. And this is not because he opposed the author. When the Imam is saying, if you stick to what's in this book, he's not talking about himself or his book. He's talking about what the book contains. Because everything he put in there is the kitab and the sunnah. It's the aqidah of Ahlul Sunnah. So the, sheikh is not, the Imam is not praising himself. He's not saying to you, if you don't follow my book, then you won't be upon guidance. No. He's saying, if you don't follow what's within this book, Because what's within the book is the authentic aqidah of Ahlul sunnah wal-Jama'ah. So the sheikh is not defending himself, he is defending the correct creed. When you awaken in the morning and when you sleep in the evening, he says, the sheikh says, do not be from amongst those who reaches the morning as a believer And then by evening he is a disbeliever That's regarding the hadith And Nabi ﷺ said There will come a time Where the man sleeps as a believer And wakes up as a disbeliever And he sleeps as a disbeliever And he wakes up as a believer He sells his religion for a portion of the dunya Fitan And Allahu Akbar This is experienced and seen A person will be upon guidance one day And then by night he's upon misguidance This is the fitan towards the end of time That the Prophet ﷺ is referring to And the Imam is saying don't be like that And do not be from those who reaches the evening as a believer And by morning he is a disbeliever Due to the trials and the tribulations Due to the fitan Do not be this way If Allah wills, because you are upon the methodology of the people of the Sunnah and the Jama'ah, and this is the saved sect. The Prophet said this nation will split into 73 different sects, all of them in hellfire except one. And this group is called the saved sect because it's the only group that is not in hellfire. That's what's saved Al-firqatun najiya It's saved Because it's upon the way of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa So they will be saved from the fire Not falling in there Along with the sects who oppose the truth All the other sects will go to the hellfire, fire And they are also named The people of the sunnah Ahl-sunnah The saved sect is also known as Ahl-sunnah because they worship Allah according to the Sunnah, acting upon the Sunnah, as the Prophet ﷺ said, "Alaykum bi Follow my Sunnah and the Sunnah of the Khulafa' al-Rashidin. And as for them being called Ahl sunnah wal Jama'a, they are the people of the Sunnah and the unified body or the congregation, it is because they unite. They are united upon the truth, and they do not differ. So from the distinguishing characteristics of the people of truth is unity. From their character or attributes is that they are united upon the truth. You here in Australia, your brother overseas in other parts of the world You'll be united by the Haq You have a Aqeedah here You'll find your brother overseas with the same Aqeedah And this is what unites you Unity upon the truth So from the distinguishing characteristics of the people of truth is unity While differing and separation is from the distinguishing characteristics of the people of falsehood. And that's true. The people of innovation, their sects are always known to differ. But the saved sect is united upon the truth. The deviant sects within themselves, they differ. And that's why you find sects within the sect, within the sect, within the sect. One of the greatest examples regarding that is the Mu'tazila. The Mu'tazila, my brothers and sisters, are a deviant sect who came out with corrupted aqidah. They denied the attribute of Allah Azza wa Jal, and they have many uh, uh, beliefs that take them out of the fold of Islam. And they came out very early in the time of Imam Al Hasan Al Basri, rahimahullah, the founder. Of the Mu'tazila His name was Wasil ibn Atah Wasil ibn Atah was the founder of the Mu'tazila Wasil ibn Atah had two students An-Nazam And Abu Hudayl An-Nazam and Abu Hudayl They were both two students Of the same teacher An-Nazam then developed his own sect And Abu Hudayl developed his own sect They both are they both came from the same teacher and each one of them made takfir on the other one. This is how it is. That's falsehood. Falsehood is disunited. And the truth is united upon Tawheed and upon the correct aqidah of Islam. And then the sheikh. He ends the sharh with making a dua for the Imam Which we should all make Because he left us with such beneficial and great knowledge He says may Allah azza wa jal compensate the author Abu Bakr ibn Abi Dawood rahimahullah With good by way of Islam and the Muslims And allow us to benefit from what he mentioned inside his poem May Allah make you all the Muslims in general And us firm upon the saying of truth and guide us to act upon it until we meet him. And with this, the explanation of this blessed book has concluded. Wallahu Alam. Wa sallallahu alayhi wa saraq ala nabiana Muhammad. Wa ala aalihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. We ask Allah Azza wa Jal to accept from us and grant us ikhlas in all that we say and do. Shaykhni Nidal said that there was an announcement it's a small announcement since we finished this book الحمد, we have dedicated the Tuesday night lessons my dear brothers and sisters to the topic of Aqeedah as we feel it is the most important uh, topic uh, especially for us Muslims yani living today for after this book and after giving it some thought we will be starting a new book, inshallah, but it will be beginning uh, next month, at the beginning of the next month, يعني, which is in a couple of weeks, الله. And the book that we are going to be going through is the explanation of Kitabul Iman from Sahih Muslim. So if you open Sahih Muslim, the first book in Sahih Muslim is the book of Iman, it's got over 300 hadiths. Or related aqeedah We will be going through the explanation Of that book If Allah azza wa jal gives us life And allows us And this my brothers and sisters is very beneficial It is similar To what we done with Kitab al-Tawheed From Sahih al-Bukhari Imam al-Bukhari has Kitab tawheed We went through the explanation Walillahi al-hamd, And now we go through The explanation of Kitab al-Iman From Sahih Muslim And the benefit in this, my brothers and sisters, is when you learn your religion from the sunnah, there's no greater way. There are many great books in aqidah that have been compiled. But when you learn your aqidah directly from the hadith of Rasulullah SAW, this is the best type of learning. And that's not just for aqidah for anything, even fiqh, aqeedah, tafsir, whatever it is, when you take it directly from the sunnah, this is best. We also chose this topic in order to prove with full certainty that our Imams, like Bukhari and Muslim, were all upon the same Aqeedah. And you will find this throughout Imam Muslim's Kitabul Iman. He mentions hadiths that are related to the Aqeedah of Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah. And this in itself is a refutation against the deviant sects who claim to follow Imam al-Bukhari and Imam Muslim, yet they abandon their aqidah. So inshallah, this will be our next project. It will start the first Tuesday of September. The first Tuesday of September. أنتم الآن مع إذاعة البيان صوت أهل السنة والجماعة